Welcome to Come Magnify the Lord with Me podcast hosted by Becky Dameron. Becky was saved at a young age and reared in a Christian home. At an early age, she sought for a special relationship, Jesus Christ. As her love for Jesus grew, so did her love for His Word. Becky has enjoyed leading ladies' Bible studies, speaking at ladies' conferences, and sharing the gospel with anyone willing to listen. We hope you have your Bible and are ready to dive into studying God's amazing book. Verse 6 of chapter 3 of Genesis says, And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. This is an extremely sad verse, yet it is repeated constantly in our lives today. As women, and I know men also, but I'm speaking to women, we tend to justify things. We tend to reason things out in our mind, and we look at outcome instead of what's right and what's wrong. She looked at this and saw, this is good for food. I mean, it was free and it was good. And then also it was, it looked so good. I mean, it didn't look like a rotten, nasty, disgusting looking thing. And it was going to be something that was going to help them. She justified things out in her mind by reasoning through man's reasoning instead of God's reasoning. She was very, uh, what's the word, pragmatic in her decision. Pragmatic. I think I just said that wrong. Pragmatic. She was looking at the outcome instead of right and wrong. And we do the same thing. We see something maybe that's available for our children or ourselves, and we think, wow, that would look really nice, or, oh, it's free. Why not do it? We have to judge things by God's word. We can't just do things because they're free or they look good or it's going to really help. We have to say, is this right or is it wrong? We can't justify things because of what we believe the outcome will be. And Eve just did that. Let's look at some of the ways she did that. She rationalized things by looking first at the tree, that it was good for food. It, was, it would satisfy her fleshly desires. It was also pleasant to the eyes. It was something that looked delicious. It looked so good. She also saw that it was going to make her wise. This was going to better herself. What do we think of when we think of those three phrases? I think of 1 John 2, 15 through 17, where it says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. See those three things in there? The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Let's go back and look through that verse and see if we can find those three things. First, she saw that it was good for food. 
This was going to satisfy her flesh. Her flesh wanted this. Our flesh wants things. Our flesh always wants to be fed. You think I'm wrong? Don't eat for several days, and you're going to find your flesh wants to be fed. Well, in this case, she saw this was going to feed her flesh. So the word lust is desire of the flesh. So her flesh desired it. And we see that in it. it was good for food. It was pleasant to the eyes and the lust of the eyes, the desires of the eyes. She saw it. It was something she wanted. And then she says, or he, the Bible says, and the tree to be desired to make one wise. This goes right along with the pride of life. Ladies, there's a lot of things that are around us that we need to avoid, and yet they tempt us so strongly. I think of something like yoga. There's nothing wrong with stretching. but We have to be very careful not to go to a yoga class or even follow the meditative things that are prescribed by yoga. Oh, it, it looks good. Think of the lust of the flesh. Does my flesh need to be in good shape? I got aches and, and, and my body hurts in different ways. I think this yoga would help my flesh or the lust of the eyes. Oh, I would look so good. It would really help me. And then the pride of life. I can handle this. I can go to yoga class and it doesn't bother me. Now, again, I'm not saying anything's wrong with stretching, but yoga is satanic. There's a lot of evil in yoga. And some people would laugh at me over that. If you study it out, it has roots in Hinduism and devil worship. And we have to be very careful. We can't just look at things all around us and think blindly that we can just do it because, oh, it's going to help me. That's that pragmatic thinking that Eve had here instead of weighing things according to God's word. Now, do I do stretches? And some of them might be similar to what is done in a yoga class. Absolutely. I have no problem with stretching your body. You need to stretch your body, but we should not be doing something where we're thinking these thoughts of our bodies being lifted off the ground or or allowing this positive energy to flow through our body. This is wrong, and we have to be very careful to avoid things like that. The devil takes everything good and twists it. Is it good to exercise? Absolutely. Is it good to stretch? Absolutely. Is it good to add in this mysticism and wrong type of meditation? It's very wrong. And we have to be super careful to avoid things like that and not be like Eve where we look at it and say, well, this is so good. I, this will help me. We all do the same thing just like she did. And we fall prey to falling into sin because of the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. This is exactly what she did. She thought she needed to become wiser and smarter. She thought she knew better, and we do it as well. So she disobeyed. She took the fruit. She disobeyed and fell into temptation. You know, before she fell into the temptation, the problem was in her mind. And that's exactly where sin starts. Sin starts in our minds. There is no sin that we commit that does not start in our minds. Some people say they just fell into sin. You don't just fall into sin. Now, sometimes 
we can sin unknowingly. We don't know. We hurt somebody maybe by what we said, and we have to make that right. But when we fall into sin, we've thought about it first. It could have been we thought about it for three seconds, or we thought about it for three months. We have to push those thoughts out of our mind, those entertaining thoughts where we contemplate and mull over some type of action or thought. We have to push those out. It Sin starts in the mind. And, you know, sin always wants a companion, too. And she wanted a companion in her sin, too. I know there's a phrase that's, misery loves company. And that's exactly right. So she gave the fruit to Adam, and he sinned with her. Forever, I always had in my mind that she's talking to the serpent by herself. She gets tempted, and then she goes and finds Adam, and she gives him the fruit, and he eats also. I heard a sermon once by a preacher, and I, it was a trusted preacher, and he said, if you look at that passage, Adam's right there the whole time. She didn't have to go anywhere to give the fruit to Adam. And I thought, wow, that is so true. Adam's standing right there, and the preacher pointed out that sometimes people know what's wrong. They see somebody else doing what's wrong, and instead of standing up and saying, no, we're not going to do that, they just dumbly follow along, and this is exactly what Adam did. Can you imagine the outcome if Adam would have said, no, Eve, we're not going to eat this? Maybe he thought, wow, God gave me this beautiful woman, and She's even smarter than what I thought she was. I mean, wow, look at this thinking. I guess we'll just go along with her because she's really reasoned this out. I don't know what his thinking was. The Bible said he will willfully disobey. We're going to look at some passages that point out and gives us some insight into Adam's mind. And, but at the same time, why didn't he say no? He was right there. I, I thought about that for a while after that preacher preached, and I contemplated the thought and can't imagine why he didn't stop this situation but again we do the same we we know it's wrong but we just do it because everybody else is doing it and go right along with that so let's look at some verses that give us some insight into adam and knowing what we know from what the bible says was in his mind in sec or i'm sorry 1 Timothy 2.14, it says, And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. So we know from this, as he was standing there, he was not deceived. He was not tricked by the devil. He didn't fall for what the devil was saying, that, oh, you're going to be better by doing this. No, he wasn't deceived. He just went along with it, and he sinned willfully. Wow, that's that's very sad. 1 Corinthians 15, 21 and 22 says, For since by man came death, so by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. That tells me that Adam could have stopped this. Adam was the one that could have said, No, Eve, don't do this. But Adam chose to disobey. And in Adam, we all die. Romans 5, verse 14 says, Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. 
For if through the offense of one many be made de- many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift of by grace, which is by one man Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. We'll study this later when we get into Romans, but it's saying because of Adam, all have sinned. But now, because of so many transgressions, it's still just one man, and we can be justified. And, of course, it goes on to say, it's Jesus Christ. We'll keep reading. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which received abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That as Sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. I am so glad that Genesis 3 doesn't stop with Adam sinning. We're going to get into that later. But I just wanted to point out, because of Adam's sin, death fell upon all men. This is so sad. In verse 7 of that chapter, it says, and the eyes of them were both open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves apron. We will pick up with this next time and how we want to cover our sin our own way, but God has a way, and we must follow that way. But for today, ladies, let's not make an excuse for sin. Let's not justify our sin Let's not reason out our sin, but let's do what's right because we can live free and, and in victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We don't have to live in the sin of Adam any longer. Thank you for listening to Come Magnify the Lord With Me podcast. Please join Becky Dameron each weekday for a study through the Bible from a woman's perspective. If you've enjoyed this podcast, or have any questions, please reach out to Becky through Come Magnify the Lord With Me Facebook page. Until next time, God be with you and may He greatly bless you as you continue to grow through following His Word.